Welcome to Hope Renewed, the podcast of PIR Ministries. Thanks for connecting to Hope Renewed, the in-depth podcast about pastoral renewal and restoration. I'm Tom Jameson, and along with co-host Sean Nemechek, we explore the issues and challenges pastors face and help cultivate a renewed hope for healthy ministry lives. It's great to be with you again on Hope Renewed and jump into the second part of a conversation Sean had with Josh Banner. They've been discussing the practice of spiritual direction and how that can be a source of hope and health. In this episode, they delve more deeply into the issue of rest and what practicing spiritual direction looks like in a practical and helpful way. Here's Sean and Josh. I remember when I was uh, first coming to you, I was really struggling with needing that time, that space, that idea that that pastors just don't take this the time uh, to rest. And meeting with the spiritual director can create enough space for them to experience nice. some of that. Can you speak just a little bit more to that that idea of the need for rest among pastors? What I discern is that there's been an attrition, a shrinking of the soul space. We we have a smaller view of ourselves as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I say that as a former career worship leader, where we put so much emphasis of this on the worship service. The question then is, what happens when the music stops? What happens when I'm by myself? Is God as abundantly rich inside of me in solitude as God was when I was in this corporate service? Mm. Yes. But that's what I mean. We've, we've shrunk that vision of that imagination that God really is with me on a Monday morning. So if that's true for all of us, then what do we then do to train pastors or not do to train pastors? So when it comes back down to this question of rest, I didn't forget that question. <laughs> when it comes back down to that, that question of rest, we haven't, haven't set up modes for pastors to think about that soul care. In, 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 a, um, in a diligent, think Psalm 119, you know, boom, boom, diligence, obedience. Why? Not at a, at a duty and, and uh, obligation, but because it, it is well with my, that's where it begins in Psalm 119. That's where my happiness and my joy comes from. So Sabbath then, um, I use the um, Abraham Joshua Heschel, his wisdom on Sabbath as a, as a Jewish scholar of looking at the original intention is that Sabbath is not a pit stop back into crazy busyness. So instead I take a day of rest so that that rest can be translated into everything else I do. So that rest becomes the core of how I wake I'm working in a posture of rest and trust. My preaching, my counseling, my whatever is not imbued with an anxiety of performance, but it comes, it it springs forth from a deep trust that God is surely with me in everything I do. And then bringing that 
Hebraic sense of Sabbath into the New Testament, we have the Lord of the Sabbath. He wants Sabbath to be everywhere. So one of my favorite pastors, I'm going to start preaching. That's what happens. When you get, when you get a, a, a spiritual director, you ask him questions, and I'm not in a session where I'm like, oh, I get to answer some questions now. <laughs> Whereas normally I don't do this, this move. Um, I, I, I tend to be a fire hydrant uh, these days. Um, but yeah, First Thessalonians 5, you know, rejoice always, give thanks in everything, pray without ceasing. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. What's that ceaseless prayer? Well, that's entering a Sabbath rest. That's Hebrews. That's abiding in Christ, John 15. That's walking in the Spirit, Romans. This, I understand to be the fundamental core of the gospel invitation. Come, live, and abide in God. So rest defines everything. It defines, um, it defines my concept of, of the cosmos. And what, what reconciliation would be, we come to a place of rest. And unfortunately, we have Americanized, busyified, if I can make a word up, <laughs> uh, which goes back to the, you probably know this uh, core Dallas Willard quote, you know, uh, it's the, the classic story of John Ortberg when he was first being mentored by Dallas Willard. I included it in my very first podcast for anybody who wants to, to tap into it. Episode number one of the invitation, the younger pastor goes to the old sage Christian philosopher. What do I do? How do I acquire more of God? And Willard says, you must, as he said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Yeah. And then Ortberg says, oh, okay. He writes that down. Okay, now what, what's next? What? And then Willard says again, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that is such a, a great story. Another quote that that from Dallas Willard that I like is he's, he's talking about Jesus speaking to his disciples and saying, "Come apart with me and rest for a while." And he tells pastors, uh, "If you don't come apart for a while, you're going to come apart in a while." Oh, that's uh, so good. <laughs> and that 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 was me. Um, you know, I I came apart and realized. Uh, man, I'm just shattered. And the reason I'm shattered is because I'm not getting the rest that I need. Yeah. Um, one of the, the ways I've heard spiritual direction described is, is it creates the, the space that we need for just knowing we're in God's presence again. Yeah. Uh, I think pastors can get so busy ministering for God, they, they sometimes lose sight of the reality that they are a child of God, that they are with God. They, they, in a sense, forget who they are mm -hmm. um, at the most fundamental level in Christ. And uh, spiritual direction and taking time for rest can kind of create a, a little bit of a membrane between them and the ministry or them and the church. Yes. So that a lot of the, the criticism, the <clears throat> pressure, uh, just the grief of ministry yeah. can, can be separate from who they are. Uh, in Christ. Uh, do you have some favorite spiritual disciplines that you'd like to share with, with <clears throat> pastors? Yeah. Um, my, my, uh, my framework that I work out of for spiritual discipline is to look at heart, mind, soul, and strength. 
So uh, I map that to a Christian history of, of Christian spirituality that was written by, I, my brain is not working right now, and I have it probably right over here. It, the historian, his work was translated into a work, I think it was published in the 90s, just called Discover Your Spirituality Type. And uh, a lot of churches have used that um, across the country before the Enneagram blew up. And uh, for a lot of churches that don't know what to do with the Enneagram, there's a lot of prickly pears with that, of, of intimidating folks. What I've basically done is overlay, discover your spirituality type with that Mark 12, the, the, the anthropology there, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so the way I, I, I approach my favorite spirituality types, I'm just going to say it's contemplative prayer. It's soul work. And why am I excited about that? Not just because I have a tendency towards it, but the other arenas, we're good at Bible study as a church in America, where we can have some sense that theology in the mind is important. And I was just speaking about the heart in terms of contemporary worship. That's, that's, there's more space for that in the church today. And then in terms of the body and justice and getting out and doing the actions, there's been a really wonderful explosion of social justice and being embraced, being willing to embrace that as a, as a Christian. But then this arena of the soul is so hard for, for us to get at. And so it just so happens it does suit my temperament, but I, um, I do think it's almost like an, an apostolic work to, to stand up and say wordless prayer. Um, some folks are not familiar with that, that vocabulary of contemplation. Um, I had a conversation with Ruth Haley Barton that I think you were at mm-hmm. uh, a while back and we were, we were wrestling with that. Um, she has not chosen to, to, to use that word contemplation or another word mysticism as freely because she understands her, her audience and her context and she doesn't want to intimidate or alienate people. I personally feel called to that vocabulary. So what is that? I already said uh, wordless prayer. Um, it's this uh, be still and know that I am God as a worship leader. We'd experience this. It's that, that hush that comes between songs or after a responsive reading or after a scriptural reading that I'm moving beyond my intellectual capacities. I'm moving beyond my emotions. I'm moving beyond my best actions, my best uh, ability to cooperate physically with God. And I'm, this goes back to that rest that we were talking about. I'm actively learning how to simply rest in the presence of God. And that scares a lot of people to get silent and to sit still. And so I really love um, facilitating. And again, I can't teach. I'm not guiding people. Only God teaches people to pray, but there's some, some coaching, some facilitating that I can offer people to get themselves. You're saying direction is that space. So I'm just trying to help people get into a space where they can then be more attentive to, Oh, God, does show up here and helps me sit in silence to rest. I don't have to perform here. I don't have to think the right thoughts. I don't have to have the right feelings. 
just going to be still and know that he's here. Mm. There's just something healing about being in the presence of God in silence. Um, sometimes it brings up some, some pretty dark stuff within us, um, but that's stuff we don't normally deal with. And so as we sit with God in silence and, and allow him to deal with, with, you know, maybe past sins or abuse or any number of things that can come up. Um, it's amazing to see just how he, he does the healing. It's not, there's not much that, that we do other than just, um, uh, I can't remember which Psalm it was. Maybe it was 131 that talks about being a, like a, a weaning child uh, at, at his mother's breast. Yeah. So is my soul with the Lord. Yeah. Uh, just that, that quiet, calm, confident presence that he provides does so much to, to heal us. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. How can pastors get started in spiritual direction or, or learn more about it if they're hesitant to, uh, to get started? Yeah, you know, I went through uh, a really bizarre translation, almost another conversion experience of sorts, because I decided I wanted to do this training. I went through discernment. I got over to Dominican Center in Grand Rapids, and my first day of training, I was like, what? I cried a lot during that first day. I was like, Lord, where have you brought me? What am I doing here? And so I went, even after I chose to get training, I went home and I like Googled spiritual direction, evangelical, Protestant. You know, I just tried to like find who's got some connecting points for me to, to know. I felt like I was so far out on a limb with that. And what that led me to a, uh, was a really fun story is a man named Evan Howard who had written an, a piece for Christianity Today. And I read through that and it made so much sense. I looked him up online. He has a great website called Spirituality Shop, S-H-O-P-P-E. And he's got a lot of online videos there. Evan did a PhD in uh, Christian, ancient Christian spirituality at Berkeley, no less, while he was a vineyard pastor out there. And uh, he still self-describes as an evangelical and um he, he lives a semi-hermetical life in western colorado <laughs> and he's just one of my heroes so we ended up i ended up contacting him and uh explaining to him how hard it was for me to figure out how to get into all this and he said hmm he's got a really kind of high sweet voice he's like hmm spiritual direction it's kind of a rearranging of the furniture <laughs> and that really um that really has resonated with me ever since so if you're gonna be interested in this more just know that there's going to be some rearranging of things and that that can be really good mm. um, but you're not alone in that that work so you can look at evan's site you can look at my my site invitationpodcast.org i've got a page under resources that defines uh, offers my definition of spiritual direction Eugene Peterson has a book where he walks through pastoral ministry as spiritual direction. I believe that is the contemplative pastor, mm. uh, which is a great book. Um, 
So uh, if you want to pursue direction and meet with a director, <clears throat> there is a couple different uh, databases, indexes. The first one is Spiritual Directors International, SDI. And um, that is an interfaith group. So they list spiritual directors from all perspectives. So if you look in there and you look in your region, you know, just know that you have permission to ask the director whatever questions you, you, you want because you need to find someone you feel safe with. Hmm. And so they have a list of people on there. And then I think there's also an evangelical group, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, I might be able to look it up and give you that information. I don't know how you reach pastors, Sean, but um, that, that was around a group that trains pastors that is more on the evangelical Protestant and that I believe is called Selah. Um, good people. I, I've worked with a, a few of them and I can't remember their, their website. It might just be evangelicals and spiritual direction, something like that. Okay. If, if uh, somebody wants to meet with a spiritual director, they, do they have to find somebody in their region and meet face to face? Or is this something that can be done online? Yeah, I do meet with people online and I find it to be very fruitful. However, I would say do the best you can to find someone nearby hmm. if you can. And, um, I think in the other avenue to find someone locally is to call around to other churches, ask other pastors, and uh, there might be a retreat center somewhere nearby you. There might be a monastery somewhere, some sort of um, contemplative community. And, and I think that it's such a vulnerable thing that it's nice to have, at least for your first set of sessions, a sense that you're sharing physical space with someone. Mm. And that maybe you found them through relationship networks rather than this impersonal, you know, lob this Hail Mary through the internet. Like, oh, I hope I didn't offend any Catholics that might be listening. Like, can you say that? Is that a, is that a thing? <laughs> right now, I feel like we need to be so sensitive, you know, just a bit uh, on a prayer, a wing and a prayer. How about mm -hmm. that one? Um, so, yeah. so some pastors are going to feel really hesitant about spiritual direction. They may have heard um, some negative stories uh, about it. it. Just like any, yeah. any uh, area, there can be abuses of it. Um, yeah. If what would you say to a pastor who, who is really skeptical or a little fearful about spiritual direction? Yeah. I would say that is totally understandable. Um, in this day and age, I believe we need to watch over our souls, need to be careful who and how we open spiritual conversations. Um, I would say that um, we can look at Jesus as a model for spiritual direction. Um, I love how many times he asks people questions. I've almost wanted to, to just do like a short little book on meditations, on when Jesus asks questions. A um, couple times, he beautifully just says, how can I help you? What do you want? Mm. Everybody else is around like going, be quiet. Why are you screaming? Son of God, have mercy on me. You know, the lame man beside the road. And she's like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, I want to I talk to this guy. 
And instead of like coming over to preach at him, he just asks him a question. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you want? What can I do for you? And that's at the core of what a good spiritual director is. So if you end up finding someone, I had one of my bad experiences with the director uh, was sitting down. It was a new, new first session with someone and uh, he wanted to talk about himself. Mm. <laughs> he wanted to tell me about his credentials. And I think, you know, to his defense, he was trying to make me feel comfortable. Um, but then once we moved from that into some of the things that I was questioning, working through and wondering about, he didn't make that pivot to, well, what's God say about this? What is God, how, you know, how are you speaking to God? Because Jesus is always asking, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. It was always like, he, instead he was like, let's ponder this. Let's think about this together instead of let's take this to God. So before you even get to theological questions, is this biblical? You know, once you work through those things, the fundamental question is, is this director? And I would say this of any worship leader or preacher, <laughs> is this leader enamored with their control over the music or their control over the scriptures or their control over wisdom in this, this, uh, this session. That's, that's, the, that's the guru. Are they more enamored with their control or are they more enamored with God's control? That will be the litmus test for me of anybody. If they're really called to any kind of ministry, but especially spiritual direction, it's, it's kind of the wild west in many ways. And I ache for there to be more theological um, clarity. And I believe that's one of the main things that I'm called to with the invitation is to try to be a translator for, Hmm. uh, for people that, that don't know, um, if it's safe. And, and I, my last little plug here is for those pastors that, that are, are concerned about, you know, if this biblical, the last thing I'd say is how can you be generous with, with the people that you don't understand theologically? There's a reason why a lot of the people that are in the world of spiritual formation, spiritual direction are not that astute theologically. It's often because they've, they've been wounded by churches that spent so much time um, worrying and fussing about correctness that they'd never felt freedom to actually approach God. And so um, we're all on a journey. And um, so that doesn't mean you need to necessarily go to them for direction. It's just, just, I, I just want to love the church in all of its forms. So. I want to thank Josh for taking the time to be with us. And I want to encourage you to check out his podcast at theinvitationpodcast.org, where you'll find interviews with experts in prayer and contemplative spirituality, as well as long form and short form meditations that can help you draw closer to God. And again, we want to thank Josh Banner for his time. And we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Hope Renewed. PIR Ministries partners with God and the Church in the work of pastoral renewal and restoration to cultivate new hope for healthy ministry lives. 
You can learn more about us at our webpage, pirministries.org, or email us at info at pirministries.org. Thanks for joining us for Hope Renewed, and remember, the hope Christ offers will never put us to shame. Thank you.